Andy, welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast on which we watch very special episodes of TV from the past to see what they have to teach us today. Today we are watching, for the very first time on the show, season four of, of our podcast, we are going to watch an episode of Kids Incorporated. So exciting. K-I-D-S, yes. Yes. Season six, episode uh, 15. The episode title is Karate Kids. You cannot stream this anywhere. Uh, <laughs> we, we watched it on YouTube. It's not on Disney Plus for some reason. Uh, I thought it would be. ridiculous. And the original air date is 1989. No date. I got the same thing. No date more specific like, than 1989. Nobody cares about Kids Incorporated. Did you see how many seasons of this there were? So many. And I will tell you, uh, the writer was also, uh, the writer is David Mirsky, who I couldn't, mm-hmm. he wrote on Futurama, but other than that, I couldn't find yeah. any. Anything interesting. He also had a weird early internet, I hate these things kind of blog. Oh, so, fun. That's what we need. More more hate uh, on the internet. That's kind of what we are. So. No, it's not. I think sometimes we we love, I fucking love Kids Incorporated. Dude, this is going to be a fest. <laughs> um, yeah, tell us all about Kids Incorporated. And if you yeah. haven't seen it, by the way, people, stop what you're doing, which Just is go nothing. Go YouTube. And go on YouTube and watch Kids Incorporated. Uh, Kids Incorporated ran for nine seasons, 149 episodes, first on NBC and then on the Disney Channel. New episodes aired from 1983 to 1992, but reruns ran on the Disney Channel until 1996. Oof. Yeah, every episode featured five songs. So, uh, well, first let me show you my snack. I say show you because we're on uh, video conferencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually also have a this is what they had snack. Yay! Snack. Yeah, it's it's kind of horrible. I've already tried it, <gasps> but uh, I'll show you what it is here. They, uh, this is what they had. Uh, Diet Dr. Pepper and cream soda. No, what? No. Yeah, it's the best of two worlds. Neither world. <laughs> Finally, the fans were clamoring for it. Uh, that one guy who was like, but I like cream soda. And they're like, yeah. all right, Jeffrey. What does it taste like, Jeffrey? What does it taste like? We'll, we'll find out. What was your, what's your, they had this snack? Uh, they had this at Gelson's where I went because there wasn't a line and I paid too much for it because it's Gelson's. Mm. Um, it's called Money on Honey Wildflower Honey Caramels. So these are made from honey instead of corn syrup. They are certified uh, free trade ingredients. And um, this, they had a bunch of different flavors. This is the dark chocolate with sea salt on top because I do love sea salt on a dessert. Um, and then what, the what reason is, that I bought it, though, is yeah. because it says, for every bag sold, we make a donation to support the health and vitality of the honeybee population. So when you buy okay. the Money on Honey candies, they make a donation to bees. So okay. I was looking for, like, regular chocolate that non-bougie people buy, but this is what they had. But you found activist chocolate instead. Yeah, I did. I and did. That's- Let's enjoy some virtue signaling. (laughs) 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 All right, let's enjoy our our snacks. Here's a little meow. Pop, pop, it's showtime. Guess who's back again? Oh, they don't know. Oh, they don't know. I bet they know as soon as we walk in. Show up. I'm wearing Cuban links. Design a mix. Inglewood's finest shoes. Don't look too hard, might hurt yourself. Know to give the color red the blues. Well, I don't have to chew uh, ferociously for five minutes to get through my snack, so I'll start. It's fine. It's mostly cream soda than it is. It's more cream soda than it is anything, and there's maybe a bit of a Diet Dr. Pepper taste. Here's the thing. Um, This is not Diet Dr. Pepper's domain. They (laughs) they should not have tread in this area. If you want cream soda... Uh, just do what I'd do when I was 13 years old. Get yourself an IBC root beer cream soda mm-hmm. and then uh, take the top off and walk around like you're drinking a beer. I'm like, there you go. That's so cool. And you're like, oh, look, I got a bottle of beer, man. Yep, yep. Uh, like a real nerd. Uh, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, there's no but one there's to better... see you now if you did yeah, do it. It's not great cream soda. 
So why would yeah. you just get cream soda? Yeah. Dr. Pepper. Too interested in could we, not interested enough in should we. What grade saying? would you give this? What, what, what grade oh, would you give Oh, it's this? fine. I'll give it a, a <laughs> solid C minus. A C minus. Yeah. Um, these are freaking delicious. Oh, yeah. Very good chocolate, very good uh, caramel inside made from honey instead of corn syrup. Apparently, that's the big deal. And just enough salt. You really get like that little salt um, depth of flavor. It's These are really freaking good. I don't know. Yeah. I can't speak for the other flavors, but the dark chocolate French sea salt flavor is awesome. Um, All right. Would recommend. Give this an A. Hey, well, finally, we are back. We are back in business with snacks. We're snacking business. Snacking business. And Yay, that's snack. what they had. So let's uh, talk about a God bless it episode of television. Uh-huh. That's nothing but good memories of kids. Oh, my God. I loved this show. Uh, so in case you did not grow up with the show, the premise is that the show revolves around a group of children and teenagers who perform in their own rock group. The rock group is called Kids Incorporated, Mom. and they they play at a club, which is not a bar. It's like an all-ages club called The Place, which used to be called The Palace, but the A and the sign burnt out, and they never replaced it, so it's The Place. Yeah. In between singing five songs every episode, which yep. is, that's 18 minutes of your half-hour episode that, right there. You is just barely singing. have to write anything at all. It's, it's genius. Some writer must have, like... Like thrown out his shoulder, patting himself on the back when he came up with this. Yes. So they struggle to deal in the 12 minutes they have left in the episode. They struggle to deal with issues ranging from crushes to peer pressure to child abuse. Then there are also insane plots that involve things like yeah. uh, the group meets a robot. There's a yep. runaway. There's a runaway princess. There's a wisecracking oh. talking bicycle. Some sort of time travel adventure was in there somewhere. Yep. And they also. They also break into song offstage. So it's not just when they're performing that they sing. They sing also in just in moments of needing to sing. So it's like Glee meets California Dreams meets wow. the total flaunting of child labor laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, no managers, no time limits, <laughs> no. nobody looking out for these kids. No adults. May just, yeah, these kids may leave the place and go live in a boxcar for a while. <laughs> we don't know. They um, go to school, the end. Right. People who starred on the show and went on to fame include Mario Lopez, Jennifer Love uh-huh. Hewitt, Sarah Ferguson, or Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas, uh, Eric Balfour, who was on 24. People who guested on the show, uh, Gwyn Verdon from like a Fosse Verdon fame, uh, oh. F- Florence Henderson and Barry Williams from the Brady Bunch, David Hasselhoff, and then as children, before they were famous, Brittany Murphy, Scott Wolf, Jeff Cohen, who played Chunk on The Goonies. I wanted to be both a character and an actor on this show as a child. I wanted to like both... Like you wanted to be a... Yeah. I wanted to be a child actor who got to play a kid on Kids Incorporated, but then I also wanted child rock bands to exist in the real world sure. that you could be in. So it was kind of confusing, but mostly not, because I was just like, I wanted to be in this show in every way possible. And it sure. aired on the Disney Channel right before... The MMC, the new Mickey Mouse Club. And th- so that was like oh. a really crucial <laughs> block of programming for me. That hour right. of television was like must-see TV for young Chelsea. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, I think I, I was uh, – I think the age difference between us two means that I really only saw the first several seasons of this before I was like, well, this is for kids. Mm-hmm. And in, and corporations apparently. Who <laughs> <laughs> are people? Yeah. Kids are yeah, people, kids. Miles. It's important. No, no, no. Corporations are people. Why well, I've heard that when they had to bail this out, they <laughs> only spent ten percent on the kids. They just threw candy at them. It was a candy bailout. Um, this it was, season, oh, candy bailout, mm, delicious. <laughs> season six. Uh, this season was the first to feature Jennifer Love Hewitt, going at the time by just Love Hewitt. And the last to feature Stacey Ferguson. Uh, she had been on the show since season one. This is going to be her last season. This is, um, I, I did not take the time to, to track it specifically, but here's, here's something I've brought up uh, to Chelsea already. 
every season of this series starts with a very special episode about how to deal with friends leaving. <laughs> every <laughs> single season is like, uh-oh, so-and-so just moved away, and now we have to deal with that. Or, uh-oh, somebody switched to a different school, and we have to deal with that as, like, Actors were fired or hired or their contracts ran out. It was just every single season started with, oh, man, I'm real upset that so-and-so had to leave. This show sneakily reminds you a lot that it is for children, not Mm -hmm. teenagers. Yeah. That's one of the ways that it's like every time someone leaves, we have to have a big comment on it. We can't just go on with the show as though that person either never existed or just be like, yeah, they changed schools. If if it's for children, then we have to, like, acknowledge it and deal with it. There's also, like, um, they shoot the whole thing on a soundstage, and it's just very clear when they're out on the, quote, streets that this is, like, not a... (laughs) It's just, like, it looks like a stage set. It looks like it's something you would see in a live theater. So it's like, oh, right, this is, like, Barney. This is, like, for for kids. And then there's, there's no laugh track. And I didn't realize no. how desperately I missed a laugh track until right. this, this could show. Have, this could have used a laugh track, I think, uh, very desperately. Is there a studio audience? No, there's nothing. There's just like joke and silence. It's very off-putting. It is. It also, the audience, while they're performing, you very rarely, there's, number one, there's a hundred children on stage, so there's no time to go to this audience, but you don't really see the audience, so it's like they're stuck in this Twilight Zone nightmare of performing, and then a fake outside world that's a half a block long and ends in a schoolyard. Yes. It just, it's real creepy if you stop to think about it ever, There's also- let alone like, you know. That Florence Henderson just shows up out of the blue, apparently. <laughs> There's also never any, like, background actors. So there are 100 no. kids. When they're on stage performing, there's, like, 100 kids there in the audience clapping and, and singing along and cheering, we assume. Uh, we can't mm-hmm. hear them, but they're there in person, uh, in, in body. And then when we cut to a scene of them on their break, I guess, their union break, sitting on the <laughs> other side yep. <laughs> sitting on the other side of the place. Uh, five minutes and an ice cream soda. <laughs> right? Um, there are no kids hanging around. There are no kids sitting at no. the tables. There are no kids buying hot dogs. Unless Mm-mm. unless the actor, the child actor has a line to interact with one of the main cast. There's no one right. just like in the background, which is another thing that makes it feel kind of like a little play we're watching. There are a lot of things about it that I did not hit me at all as a kid that now I'm like, this is eerie. Also, what creeped me out a little bit, too, is in the audience while they're performing are tables and chairs. None of the children are sitting down. They're all standing up and and jamming. Tables are completely empty. There's no, (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense. There should be empty beer bottles on them. It's just, there should be like fries or snacks or something. Empty cream soda bottles. Empty cream soda <laughs> bottles for kids who want to pretend to be tough. Uh, which, by the way, I, there's an episode of this called Click Click where um, where a kid has to wants to join up with some punkers. Oh yeah, that put yep, that on the so, list. Put that on the yep, list. It's to be continued. Coming soon to this podcast. That is the ordinary bizarro world of kids <laughs> incorporated so let us t- talk about this particular episode of course we open as we almost always do with a musical number uh the kids are playing at the place but something is weird already one of the backup singers small backup singer rushes up on stage in a tiny the trench coat backup singer <laughs> a tiny trench coat sunglasses and a hat Knowles, uh, children's book line <laughs> yes, the tiniest, backup, the tiniest singer. backup singer um clearly this little backup singer is trying to conceal her identity Stacey ferguson is singing lead on the song this time i know it's for real which is a mm-hmm. donna summer song recorded and released in 1989 so that should tell you all you need to know about it really yep um this song was eerily familiar To me, I think that, I can't remember why, but immediately I had like a negative reaction to this song. I (laughs) think it might have been, it just didn't feel good about it. I was like, ugh. It was released in 1989, though, you said. Yes, it was released the same year as this episode. The songs are pretty current Mm. throughout this episode. They are. They Um, are. Anyway, this song is is real Donna Summer's uh, obvious stuff. She's talking about how much she loves someone so, how she might explode if she'll let them know. 
And then follows that up by letting them know that this time they know it's for real. Yeah. I think this is a thing you and I might have talked about before where if you were a kid like I was, and I believe you were, who was not allowed to watch MTV or other music videos, that this was how you could kind of feel like you were watching music videos to watch Kids Incorporated. Um, Because sometimes they did do a whole like video thing and it will happen in this episode if it's not like on stage. It sure will. You can get some fucking. Uh, you can get some class out of this. There is uh, there is some musical classiness in here, uh, just a little bit though. Uh, this time I know for it's for real is is fine. It's it's poppy nonsense, which yeah. I feel like is. It's what also not inappropriate, which must have been a line that the writers were walking constantly, being like, "Well, we can't yeah. do touch myself by the divinals because they're a bunch of yeah. kids." You know, like they quit, must have been. Quit they must have been that. really <laughs> Jarrett. Quit pitching the divinals. <laughs> Quit pitching that one song about uh, all I want to do is make love to you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Black Velvet Jarrett, that's inappropriate. That, this is this is a running list we should keep of songs that, <laughs> songs that were rejected in the Kids Incorporated writer's room. The Kids Incorporated Jarrett keeps, uh, <laughs> keeps trying to throw out there. Jarrett, are you a pervert? Is that why you're here? Is that why you're always on no. set, Jarrett? No, I'm just thinking, you know, what if, you, uh, if we did something, I don't know, about Judas Priest or something, you know, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> Hey, there's this uh, two life crew people. This fucking this, but they, they think we got some kids incorporated stuff here. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so they they sing this time. I know it's for real. The the crowd goes wild mm-hmm. after the song on their break. They are sitting on the like the the food serving side of the place, and the other kids want to know why Robin, played by Love Hewitt, is mm-hmm. wearing that disguise, and it turns out. Two tough girls from school, the Sanderford sisters, the something sisters. I couldn't sisters, get it either. I listened to it a bunch is, of times. Yeah. It's the Mumble, the Mumbleford sisters. They never say no. the name again. These, So I just called them the mean sisters. These two mean sisters are giving her crap because she's new to town and she's the new kid. So they bump her in the halls and they follow her after school making threats. And if I learned anything from Family Matters, it's that these girls probably have guns loosely tucked into the elastic, <laughs> <laughs> the elastic waistbands of their sweatpants. <laughs> and the the lesson we'll have to learn here is that Love Hewitt should squash it. Squash, squash it. it. Yeah. Squash it. <laughs> All right. I know this is about bullies, but what if it was about self-respect, you see? And uh, then they sing this little song by Right Said Fred called I'm Too Sexy. <laughs> But it's Jared. not like Luke's. I'm too sexy for my milkshake, too sexy for my Tonka truck. Just, <laughs> we, we zhuzh it up for kids, okay? Guys, have we gotten Jared's background check yet from HR? They still, I thought still you hired that. him. <laughs> okay, we have to get through this somehow. So, oh, yeah. Bullying is actually happening is the point. So the kids, the other kids suggest that Robin talk to the mean sisters or ignore them. And she says, I've tried both of those things. They, it hasn't worked. Also the, the teenage, the teenage guy that works at the place and I can't find his name and you can't figure it out. They never say it. I, I couldn't, um, find the will to care. I tried to find it. Um, the teenage guy that is marginally in charge comes in and he recognizes Robin immediately. He's like, what's with the disguise? So obviously it's not a good disguise because he knows who she is. It's and then, supposed to be a joke, but unfortunately there's like 20 seconds between Robin saying, you think this disguise will work? And this guy going, hey, Robin, it's like a desert wasteland of time. <laughs> and, then, like, and then but, he does a terrible blues improv about an ugly girl he once knew who had to wear disguise. It was uncomfortable on like a cultural appropriation level. It was uncomfortable on a musical level. It was comfortable, uncomfortable on like a, why are we singing about ugly people? Like making fun of ugly people. It was uncomfortable on uh, something pretending to be humorous level. Oh man. Uh, It just, and they react to it as though it's some sort of running gag where it's like, uh oh, here he goes with his blues thing. He's making fun of ugly people blues thing also like there's like, no hmm. there's no crowd react this is the point where i was like oh this needs a laugh track this needs something like these 100%. things they just keep lobbing these jokes up and they just like they splat on the pavement there's yeah. nothing to catch them um all you've got then, is like the the kids uh, the incorporated children uh <laughs> laughing at them and it's not enough 
It's not enough for them oh. to be like, ha, 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 ha. Are they all emancipated minors? Is that what Kids Incorporated oh, really means? Like, they're there kids emancipated? Kids so that's why emancipated. <laughs> um, suing my dad. Yes. <laughs> I think that's, I think you hit it. But it's still, my theory is that they do live in boxcars, though. I feel like, it feels right to me. There's live a boxcar box children, boxcar children, Kids Incorporated overlap. Um, oh, you know that there is. Venn diagram. Okay, they so come now. here and work at the sweatshop entertainment <laughs> factory. So now we have a, a call to adventure. The mean sisters mm-hmm. walk by and they laugh at Robin. They just laugh at her. And she's yeah. like, I need something. I can't go on like this. So there's our call I to adventure. I can't go on like this. I can't go on like this. This has been happening for what, five, six hours? I can't go Ugh. on like this. I so, put on a hat and glasses. Right. <laughs> Nothing and, works. You know, there's nothing more exciting than when you hit a plot point like that to just cut away to a song, man. Right. We normally, at this point in the hero's journey, this is where the meeting with the mentor would occur. And we do have a mm-hmm. meeting with the mentor in this episode, but it is later. Oh, sure. So yeah. I'm just putting a pin in saying, like, this is where it would occur. But in this episode, it comes later. So now we're in the, the special cold, world. Yeah. The special world of bullying. The special world of bullying. And let's celebrate by doing a song called Hold On. Yeah, no information whatsoever. No information. Is this an original song? It might be. I couldn't find it. So I really I typed looked. in like lyrics, bits of lyrics. I typed in lyrics. I also went, if you go to the list uh, of episodes on Wikipedia of yeah. Kids Incorporated, they have every song. Someone There's has taken hyperlink. the time yeah. Yeah, to write every song for every episode and hyperlink it. No link on this song. I typed in so many lyrics. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I came up with nothing. I mean, I didn't know they did original songs, but either they did or whoever wrote this has tried to scrub their name from the internet. Somebody it's... abandoned this song by the side yeah. of the road. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Somebody left this song out in front of the place, so we're going to sing it. <laughs> right. It's interesting... This is a a point that I noted for myself at this moment. The kids are clearly and very obviously not playing these instruments, but they are singing. Um, And it's honestly kind of refreshing because this is what actual kids singing sounds like, as opposed to a lot of times when we're like, oh, it's Saved by the Bell, where we have 50-year-old studio musicians singing what is supposed to be eight, 17 or 16-year-old like their voices just don't sound the same. These kids are actually singing, and a lot of them went on... To have me like to be clear, they're lip syncing to their own recorded voice. Yes, but those are their this voices, is, and a lot yeah, of these kids absolutely. went on to ha- to have musical careers. Like Love Hewitt has recorded albums. Stacey Ferguson obviously is in the Black Eyed Peas. So yeah. it's it. I did take a moment to be like, "Good job, Kids Incorporated." But then all you have to do is look in the background where these two boys are pretending to play trumpets. Oh my god! Nope. And it's, the girl pretending to play the keyboard while also woo! dancing wildly. She's clearly that they lady were like, was <laughs> swinging for the rafters <laughs> on the dancing, dancing side. On the they were like, "You need yeah. to dance and play the keyboard," and she was like, "I'm going to give ninety percent." to the dancing 90% um, dancing 10% making sure I'm in contact with the keyboard <laughs> at all times just keep your fingers near it and you'll be fine like um, it's such a, a specific 90s kind of a thing that's why again I must urge all of you to go to YouTube and watch this nothing that we can say will do it justice I mean kids doing like a fucking cabbage patch with a, <laughs> a real honest to god trumpet that they do not understand <laughs> Like, that they probably had to be like, no, no, the other end, child. <laughs> like, somebody, like, just basically, like, punching a bass. Just, like, full fist, like, hammering on it. There's also There's, the, the yeah. one dance move that everyone knows, that everyone does, oh. which is, like, mm-hmm. you put your, you cross your right foot behind your left leg, and then you come back to center, and then you cross your left leg behind your right your left foot goes behind your right Charleston? leg. No, it is just like a standing. <laughs> it's a standing bop. It's like a. It's like a jazzy Roger Rabbit without. It's all like the a jazz square, but you don't make the square. It's, it's the popular like a, girl dance from from you know every '80s movie ever. Molly Ringwald has done this dance a hundred million. Yeah, times. it's like if you were going to do a grapevine in a line dance, but you just took the first step and then stopped, and then started yeah. over on the other side, and then stopped. That's what the '80s were about, man. We didn't have time to do whole grapevine. <laughs> Charleston. I don't, it's kind of well, but without the chicken arms of the Charleston. 
uh, kind of like that, but like less complicated with no arms because the arms yeah. are holding microphones or playing instruments. So the yeah, arms that's are not where involved. The, that's where the Charleston fell apart. That's why scientists, <laughs> dance scientists had to work on this. What if they don't move their arms? You're hired, dance scientist. <laughs> So Um, they do this song, Hold On, which is about holding on and how your friends will be there and things like that. Sure. Sure. Done. Uh, We go back to the soda shop. Yes. Now we have crossed the first threshold um, and we have entered the test allies and enemies portion, the majority of the storytelling of the hero's journey. Yeah. The kids are sitting there, saw Robin. She's somewhere else. And they say, what can we do to help her? Being the new kid in town is so tough. How can we build up her confidence? And Kenny suggests a training program, and the kids training think this is program. the best. And I was like, like management training? Like what does the fucking training program have to do? And you get into it, and it's just exercise. It's like, what if yeah. she was in? What if she had real? What if she had like good endurance? Right. To like really get the shit beaten out of her, but like not lose her breath. I think this is basically like peak Rocky time, right? So they're like, I think what's that's the answer? It. Rocky. We need to do a workout montage. You know, Rocky uh, learns how to fight in these things. <laughs> it isn't just the jogging that he's doing. He doesn't get into the ring against Clubber Lang and out-jog him. <laughs> right. Well, Stacy says, we'll get her in such good shape that nobody will bother her. That's and I'm like, mm, point of order, she still will weigh 80 pounds no matter how yeah. much jogging she does. And wait, also, wait. I saw those mean sisters, and one of them is a good two feet taller than yeah. Love Hewitt. You can't do anything about that. Do you think that you're going to get Jennifer Love Hewitt, tiny, five-pound soaking wet Jennifer Love Hewitt, are you, do they think they're going to get her, like, all jacked? <laughs> yeah. And, like, people are going to be yes. like, oh, shit. That girl she's looks gonna, like she can handle herself. She's going to be, like, one of those people wearing one of those inflatable sumo suits. Suddenly, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, she's going to have a little tiny head and tiny feet, but, like, the rest of her like, will be enormous. Real bulked. Motherfucker, we're going to get you yoked, <laughs> love Hewitt. Um, so, so, yeah. We- they go to yeah. a fucking sh- the shittiest playground set I've ever seen. It's supposed to it's be a school school playground with, of course, a fucking heavy bag. Remember that when you were in school? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You remember the those resistance pull down chains things from the gym that they the, put on every playground? You mean the oldest exercise machine known to man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's a training sequence that's going to happen now. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, not set to music. They're making her do push-ups and run laps, and Robin is just over it. She's like, "No, I don't want to. I can't do this. Not helping anything." Stacy and almost Devin ran one lap. That's enough, right? <laughs> Stacy and Devin, the other two girls from the band, have showed up to help out. Uh, this is what they're wearing: sweatbands, sweat towels. And the same skirts they wear to work, sing on stage. Like, yeah, Love Hewitt's in his sweatsuit. These other yeah. two girls are just showed up. They put a sweatband on with, like, what they were wearing on stage yeah. to come do the training program. Why not? So, like we said, she runs laps. She does this, the old machine that's the two handles, and you pull them away from the wall. Yep. But, uh-oh, she, she does the thing where, like, it snaps back and she falls over. Then fucking And she Scotty. says, who put him in reverse? No laugh track. Imagine I'm that. Just... Imagine that joke just falling flat. Just imagine if you'd gotten a laugh track, you'd been like, oh, this is, <laughs> this, is this isn't this isn't good. Uh, so then finally, uh, Scotty, I think is his name. Skip. Sure. Skip and Kenny, Devin Boy. and Stacy and Robin are the kids we're dealing with right now. One boy says, hey, let's do this medicine ball. And she's like, what do I do? And he's like, all you have to do is catch it. She's like, well, I know I can do that. And he throws it to her and she falls over and there's legit bird sounds and flashing stars <laughs> over her head. And I was like, what are we doing, Kids Incorporated? <laughs> it's for it's a cartoon. It's for children. And then she gives sure. up and she's like, she says, maybe those girls are right. Maybe I do deserve to be bounced around. And there's a lot of loud <laughs> ad-libbing from the other child actors. But I was like, oh, that would have been a great. Just what, but do what, uh. That's the that's in the background. <laughs> that's exactly. But I yeah. I was like, oh, that would have been a good line for one of them to have said to her in the moment where they just walked by her and laughed. Say something about her deserving to be bounced around. You like, deserve to be bounced. Yeah. 
That would no. would have been a great line for us to have heard. And Look, we... I wrote the four pages of dialogue that this script needs. The rest of it's songs. <laughs> right. I'm going to get drunk at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's my impression of the Kids Incorporated writer. <laughs> Here's another Jared. impression of the Kids Incorporated writers. Uh, all right, so we're at a point where Robin wants to give up. Uh, I think there's a song called Don't Give Up. Um, all right, let's do that. Should we look into what it's about? No, don't give no. up. It's just fine. We're all done. Clearly not. We're done. This, I'm going to start drinking at 9.30 today. <laughs> this moment made me really think about how much I appreciate Macaulay Culkin. Because uh, bad kid okay. acting is so bad. Yeah. Bad kid acting is so bad. And every once in a while you get a kid that comes along who can actually act and like yeah. knows what they're doing and what they're saying and like how to be in a scene with another person, like a human. Yeah. And it's so rare and beautiful. But every time I see bad child acting, it makes me so appreciative of just Macaulay Culkin, period. Sure. This song is where I threw my hands up and <laughs> realized that this must be an episode that we do. So Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, walks out onto the street set. Don't worry, there are no cars. It's all right, everybody. Everything's fine. The street actually doesn't go anywhere. It is. <laughs> it runs an, from an the end. place to the, mm-hmm. the a stoop that's on the other yeah. side of the school. And that's the it whole It might street. as well... It might as well be riddled with signs that say no outlet. <laughs> but she sings Don't Give Up by Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush, which is a song inspired separately by both of these artists uh, as a uh, as a, a meditation on uh, extreme poverty in America and in Ireland. Yeah. With the song being about Peter Gabriel singing from a man uh, a man's perspective as he's like losing his dignity and you know his sense of self to poverty, and then Kate Bush sings a the a song a part of the song that's like "Don't give up," as in "Don't fucking kill yourself," which is one of the 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 lyrics they leave out of here is "I'm gonna go down to the river and just you know see what happens." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm go on this bridge over the river, and I don't know, maybe I'll just jump. Yes, and so it's like, we have let's, t- yeah. Tiny Love Hewitt singing the Peter mm-hmm. Gabriel. Uh, suicidal part and then Kate Bush <laughs> singing the Kate Bush parts are sung by the other kids first the two girls yeah. and then the two boys uh, mm-hmm. and the actual video for the song is just one long epic hug it's just Kate yeah. Bush and Peter Gabriel hugging each other through the in- they never move through the entire thing mm-hmm. and the the kids incorporated video for this song is also pretty lit <laughs> it is <laughs> <laughs> So much staring into the middle distance. I mean, sure I took is. a million screen caps of this just during this video because it's like Love Hewitt staring into the middle distance and then the the boys and girls socially distancing far behind her yeah. um, singing their separate parts. And then she's sitting on a stoop singing to herself in that overlay effect where there's like a big version of a person's head hanging right next to the actual size version of them sitting somewhere. And it's like they're contemplating themselves. Yeah. It was just uh, outstanding. Just a super outstanding little music video. This is the kind of thing that I would have watched as a kid and been like, I get music videos. This is basically what they show on MTV, right? I'm pretty smart about music now, now that I've seen that. (laughs) I'm hip to the the musical jive, right? I understand intricacies. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. fantastic and misguided and wonderful. Uh, And it ends with Jennifer Love Hewitt's uh, just on a stoop. Like staring off, the music ends, and then, uh uh-oh, here come those girls again. What row? And they sing Prodigy's Smack My Bitch Up. (laughs) Uh, Jareth, leave the room. (laughs) Come on, he was good. Smack my bitch up. Hey, give me a milkshake. (laughs) Just look, he just changed the lyrics a little bit, so it's about kids. Jared, I'm beginning to believe you have like a milkshake thing going on here, too. You know kids eat other things, right? Nah, it's just... Delicious milkshakes. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, yeah, they come along and they're just... The, yeah, the Mumbleton sisters <laughs> who come by and say uh, uh, to something to the effect of... Um, burr, 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 hold on, I have it here. Yeah, they're like, they're wandering around saying, we haven't bothered anybody today. <laughs> Truly. You know, they're normal like, bully mm. talk. Yeah. So now, finally, we have a meeting with the mentor. Who is the mentor, you might ask, that Robin runs into on the fake street with no inlets or outlets? Who, is, who has found their way onto the street? The first adult we have seen. This isn't the only adult we will see this entire episode. Um, oh, why? It's, it's Billy Blanks. It's Billy, Billy Blanks. Blanks. 
founder, creator, and salesperson behind Tybo. Yeah, let's let's talk about Billy Blanks here for a second because he is a very specific part of 80s, 90s culture. Billy Blanks is an American fitness guru, martial artist, actor, and the creator of the Taibo Exercise Program. This is his second television appearance. He was previously on Spencer for Hire in 1987. I'm going to pause you right there because I can tell already that Billy Blanks wrote this. So go ahead. Sure. Taibo is a huge phenomenon at this point in 1989. He has sold more than 1.5 million VHS tapes. Taibo is a combination of Taekwondo and boxing that he has come up with it is a thing it is like a it's it's more like a fitness thing than a martial art people do it to sort of like train themselves to lose weight and people still do it i have a friend that works at equinox in um new york and right before uh the world ended he came in and like taught at their studio and she took a class with him like the instructors he taught the instructors a class so he's still out there on the beat uh, teaching classes, <laughs> still, and this is still tying and bowing. Still tying and bowing, and so the, as I said, this is his second TV appearance. He would go on to appear in a lot more TV shows and movies after yeah. this. Yeah, Robin runs into Billy Blanks on the fake yeah, street. You know, he says, "Are you okay?" And she says, "No, those girls are always bothering me, and I don't know how to fight." And he says, fighting is not the answer. What you need to do is get in touch with yourself. It's all about believing in yourself and finding out who you are inside. And I was like. This just took mm. a weird left turn. Yeah. It's not, though. Like, those girls aren't picking on her because she doesn't believe in herself. It's right. Really, yeah, nothing to do with that. And it's also <laughs> like, I understand at the end of this, he's going to be like, see, you found some inner strength. Lead with that. Don't fucking... A child who's hiding around a stoop, don't be like, hey, I've got some kooky ideas to <laughs> clue you in on. Right. It, and also... If you if the point of the episode is to get us into the Billy Blanks dojo, which is where we yeah. end up, then we don't maybe we don't start with bullying. Maybe she has lost her confidence on stage. Maybe she did sure. doesn't feel maybe she's new in town and doesn't feel up to making friends. You know, like there are ways that if the point is believing in yourself and feeling confident and feeling like you have inner strength, then like physical violence is not the way to lead into that. If I don't I'm, think yeah. If I'm and, writing and, this episode. Well, you know, but Jarrett was writing this episode, so there's all that. <laughs> That's true. And also, in case you were wondering, there are no less than three episodes about bullying in the entire run of Kids Incorporated. Yeah. Most likely more that I just couldn't find or, you know, weren't well, every obvious kid that by got the description. bullied moved away and then they there had to go. have they had to have the never Yeah, have the well, here bullied. we are again. Jennifer Love Hewitt's the new kid in town. She's yep. getting bullied. And she's going to leave. So after he says all the stuff about believing in yourself and finding out who you are inside, he says, I'm Billy Blanks. You should come to my karate studio. And I'm like, thank God he's already famous and we know he, he is who he says he is. Because, yeah. because she's not going to run this by a parent. She's not going to take a friend. She's what just going to wander over to the, the address <laughs> on the... <laughs> exactly. So he gives her a card and she shows up there as a tiny child. And thank God this is... This is really Billy Blanks and not Jareth from the yep. writer's room that has given this, <laughs> this child this card. This could get so bad, could get so dark. It's, it's true. We pop out of our meeting with the mentor and we're back in the special world. How do we know it? Because we got another music video. Oh, and this song sucks. <laughs> this song is terrible. Oh it's, my God. Did you look this... up what this song is about? Cause I... Yeah! <laughs> well, I didn't need much help hating it because I looked it up. It's a song called Livin' Right, and it's by Glenn Fry. So already, <laughs> fuck right. off. So this, is, this song is called Livin' Right. First of all, let me set it up the stage for you. We are in a karate studio. We're going to get a training montage of Billy Blanks and Robin. They're both in geese. Sure are. He's in a bright red one with like a cape, sort of capelet thing. She's in just <laughs> sure. like a regular white gi. There are a bunch of other kids there doing karate dancing, also in white geese with different color belts. So we're singing Live and Write by, uh, by Glenn Fry of, of Eagles. This is off his 1989 solo album. And I was like, this song is sort of... Sounds like it's about working out. It's a pop song. It can't be about yeah. working out. Well. It just, and then I looked it up, and in the liner notes of this album, he calls it my anthem to fitness. So hey, here's about <laughs> anthem to fuck you. This, <laughs> this is terrible. Song. I hate this so much. 
book. Okay, well, right. we're, we're coming up on my, my absolute favorite part of anything we've ever watched. And I know I say that a lot, people. <laughs> yes. I know I say that a lot, that I watched I did a million the same times thing and you did. I watched the same part you did before you told me you rewatched okay. it, which so. is that Billy... Okay, so Billy Blanks starts executing a bunch of inspiring things. Oh, sure. He does a very inspiring high kick split thing that uh, is very truly impressive. And then he happen. starts breaking shit. Starts <laughs> then he starts breaking <laughs> shit. So it's more or less like the beginning of this video is like Jennifer Love Hewitt's kicking and Billy Blank's like, that's not how you kick. Here's how you kick. And then she kicks and he's like, you got it. That's it. That's the whole point of this is uh, we're, we're learning karate very right. stylistically. And then let's take a break and watch Billy do some stuff. And by the way, we haven't mentioned it, and uh, I think this is all we need to say about it. Uh, Billy Blank's hairstyle could be described as <laughs> misguided um, <laughs> at best. So then this kid <laughs> walks in from off screen, and he's got a board, and he's holding this board, and he looks very serious. And then Billy Blanks is going to walk up to the board and he's going to kick it in half. You know, natural karate stuff. And every time Billy Blanks does something amazing, they, sh they slow it way the fuck down. <laughs> so Billy Blanks walks up and he kicks this board. A couple practice kicks. And then he kicks it and half of the board flies out of this kid's hand and straight up hits him on the side of the head. And he flinches so hard, so hard when the kick when the kick happens, like he knows it's gonna hit him in the face. Yep. He yep. flinches so hard, and it's in slow motion. I watched it several times too, and there's I did. there's just no way to avoid it. He's also, I think, not holding it correctly because I think Probably you're supposed not. to hold it down, like at the full length of your arms, yeah. like pointed toward your knees. And he is holding it with his elbows bent right in front of his chest. Yeah, like that seems like a bad idea. And there's then, a line between his boards and his face, and it's demonstrated with the flying yep. board in just a moment. And here's the, here, before we move any further along, Chelsea, was there not a better take that they could have used? <laughs> and Billy or, not break just another board? Just do it again? I feel like they were like, eh, it's fine. Let's just move along. But <laughs> it's just this kid getting brained with a fucking board. <laughs> And then, and then Robin, then Tiny Robin yep. comes up, and she also kick breaks a board, which is exciting. Um, did you take karate as a kid? No. One thing, when Robin kicks the board, it's it's worth noting, even though the video quality is not good, this kid's whole body freaks out a little bit. <laughs> His whole body goes, Hurrah! Just, you know, because of the PTSD from the first board. Past, past trauma, exactly. Uh, I did not. I didn't take karate. Uh, my brother took taekwondo. I sort of wish that I had. I still, I took boxing when I lived in, I took boxing. I did uh, boxing classes when I lived in Chicago. That was pretty interesting. Um, I always mean to do it. I always mean to, to get into it, you know, boxing or, or karate or something like that. I don't think I can do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm just, it's, it, would, it would take so long to get into a place where I would be any good at that. Chelsea, did no, you ever I, do? Um, I did not. My, both of my siblings took karate. Mm. I didn't. I was involved in other things. Um, I liked the idea of it because I like uh, gradual reward structures. So I like the idea of like belts of right. leveling up in that way. That seemed yeah. fun, but I was just doing other stuff and they did it for a while and I didn't. So your sister took karate as a kid. <laughs> yes. So your yes. sister, hold on. I'll ask the questions here. <laughs> so your sister who is currently a nun knows yeah. karate. Well, I don't know if she remembers any of it, but now I'm just realizing she would have been the size of Love Hewitt in this video because she is, my You're, sister is five foot nothing. This is even better. So, and where's your sister right now? Uh, Tanzania. She is two bad moves away from being in a 70s <laughs> exploitation movie <laughs> that I would own, <laughs> that I would watch a movie. She's the karate, uh, karate nun. Karate, karate nun. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, also, there's there's some amazing karate dancing that happens at this really point, is. which is like there's like a um, thrust of the arm followed by a spin, and then like a kick that looks like a karate kick followed by like a twirl um, from the 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 corps de ballet, which has been 
hanging out, these other kids that have been hanging out upstage. Yeah. And then Billy Blanks is just like, I, I guess I'll just keep breaking shit. <laughs> and then Billy Blanks really goes for it. He breaks through four boards, and then what? he breaks through four, like, cinder blocks. And I could yeah. really watch this man break stuff all day while kids dance around him. It's pretty delightful. I don't know what do any of this that? has to do with <laughs> bullying or self-esteem. Nah. But just well, watching this dude break shit while kids sort of uh, pirouette around him in geese, I was like, I could kind live in this a, world. With kind of, a, an ex-eagle singing in the background, this is a real fucking fever dream. Kind, kind of great. Was there any break dancing going on there? No, it would have no. been a, yeah, been a thematic like a missed, tie in there. Uh, seems yeah. like a missed opportunity. Missed there out on been. that. All the kids, then the song winds down, all the kids scream and hug Billy Blanks and jump around and... Uh, now it's time for us to approach the inmost cave. So this is the end of her first class. And Robin says, <laughs> great. Okay, great. Now I'm a master of karate. And I could go after those mean girls and really hurt them. And Billy Blanks sure, says. She is bloodthirsty, yo. <laughs> Billy Blanks is like, okay, a couple, three things. One. <laughs> <laughs> first, it takes time to master karate. So you're not good. Yeah. Yet. Second, we don't go around hurting people. Remember, in karate, the important thing is learning inner strength. That makes you powerful. And Robert's like, oh, right, inner strength, whatever that's worth. Hey, yeah. Great. Billy Blanks, maybe you want to switch those two things up. <laughs> maybe you want to lead with we don't fuck people up. Also, it takes time. Don't. Don't, if a kid's like shooting somebody, it's like, hey, you really need to squeeze the trigger. You don't pull the gun. Also, a child should don't not be operating people. a gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't give advice about murdering people before you're like, by the way, don't, don't murder do people. It. Yes. So now it's time for the supreme ordeal. And we go to the place. And Robin tells her friends she doesn't need this disguise anymore. She, um, no, she's just, just out in her... Jazzy regular nineties clothes. Yep. And then the mean sisters show up and Stacy asks Robin if she wants to hide in the storeroom and Robin says, I'm through hiding. So she mm -hmm. marches up to the mean sisters and I was right, one of them is a good two feet taller than she is. And 100%. she's she says are you here for the concert? And they say, no, we're here to stir up trouble with you. I kind of you like know. how no, there's no subtext in this episode. At Not all. at all. It just says exactly what they're there for because we don't have time. We don't yeah, have time. Yeah, bullies especially. They're yeah. like, uh, we, oh man, we didn't bother anybody today and now we're here to stir up trouble. Yep. It's not like we're you. not... Yeah, that's our goal. Here's our actor's secret. It is not a secret. It's not a secret. Also, no one sees him yet, but all eight feet of Billy Blanks is standing in the background <laughs> with his arms How did folded. you get in there? He's in like the showcase area. How did you get in there, Billy Blanks? What but I'm also doing? like, you're an adult. You're going to stand by and see what happens. You're not going to. Yeah, these yeah, girls are is. like, we're going to yeah, kick the is. shit out of you. And he's like, let me just see if she takes care Let's of herself. see how this goes. Let's so Robin then goes. begins high kicking in the direction of the mean sisters and yelling, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they back up. Real, They're scared. Yeah, because she's threatening them with yes. kicks to the face. And then she I says, think I would be like, well, this doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> and then she says, you were saying, and they run out. And it's like, okay, yeah. so what we're telling kids is that it's okay to counter threats of violence with more threats of violence as long as it never escalates to actual violence. Here's is, what I here's what I've written in my notes. Threats equal success. Yeah, because she she said they were threatening her. She never said they actually beat her up. She said they're threatening me. Yeah. And then she threatened right. them and then that solved the problem apparently. There's a there is the thrown awayest throwaway line. It does thrown away as the song Hold On that we witnessed <laughs> earlier. So Billy Blanks runs over and he was like they're like Oh, you must have really learned something. And he's like, and you learned it well. It's like, who the fuck? Yeah. So <laughs> and, and Jennifer Love Hewitt, they're all like, who's that? And she's like, oh, good. You can see him too. <laughs> um. <laughs> so this is, so the reward consequences portion, which we just blow right through, is that the girls run mm -hmm. out. So she's safe now. We assume yeah. that she never sees them again. And then we actually we have a return to the ordinary world. We have a little bit of an act three where things are stable again and we we get the uh, the healing of the community. Robin runs up to Billy and she says, it was great. I wasn't angry. I didn't let them bother me and I was defensive, not offensive. And I was yeah, like... Yeah, bullshit. Jennifer Love Hewitt. A, you didn't do any of that. And B... Is that what we're supposed to learn? Because you really raced through it while people were talking at the same time. If that's, that's the point, 
Then That's we, the throwaway line. It was defensive, not offensive. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's all chat about that for a second. There's so much loud ad-libbing going on. If this yeah. is the point that you really need to drive it home better and also like do that, not just say you did that. But the world is restored and we know that the world is restored because we get another performance on stage. The 1989 song Every Little Step by Babyface and known spousal abuser Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't forget Crackhead. <laughs> well, it's more that it's, a, it's an anti-violence, anti-bullying episode oh and no that's very fair that although he stood trial fair. for battery in 2004 and this episode is from 1989 so it just hits a little different now they didn't yeah i i feel like yeah well the there's no end to the problematic nature of bobby brown let's not try to let's not try to discuss it all in one day <laughs> no if that's your prerogative that is my prerogative mm, is that every little y'all. step is is now unintentionally an ironic choice for an anti-bullying episode it truly is but i will tell you one thing I wish that the jackets these kids are wearing would make a comeback. And I'm trying to describe them as either jazzy Letterman jackets or fancy windbreakers. Mm-hmm. Let's get that shit going. It's bright, sparkly, fucking satiny fabric, yep. but like yep. in a windbreaker style. It does. It just. It might as well be a bedazzled members-only jacket for yeah. the, the sense it makes. Uh, and then there's balloons, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Every little step. Yeah. Every little step you every take. Every little step. I did a little research uh, because I was like, what is the proper way? What is the consensus on how to handle a bully? Uh, clearly, it's not inner strength because what is that? Um, how do you yeah. use that? I, and how maybe, do you convey that to a bully? Being like, uh, yeah, don't bother me because I have a lot of uh, inner strength and self-confidence now. It also feels a little victim blamey. Like, get out of that oh, abusive sure. relationship you're in. Just have some self-respect. It's like, yeah. well, it's more complicated than that. The psychology today has some uh, tips and tricks that they have, not tricks, tips that they have called <laughs> from a variety of uh, psych- psychologists. Um, and they have a list that's one uh, half is for kids and half is for parents. So for kids, it says know when to walk away. Being picked on is not character building. So avoid when you can. Use humor to diffuse a bully um, or tell them assertively, leave me alone and walk away if you can. Recruit a friend. Observers say that um, to have a friend on the playground is one of the most powerful protectives. And then in general, seek out friendly children and build friendships with them. So basically like avoid bullies and try to make friends with friendly kids. That's all you can really sure. do as a kid. For yeah. parents, there are much more proactive steps. Talk, they say talk with your child about how their peers treat them because children are often ashamed to bring up the subject if they're being bullied. So parents must see that you model good relationships at home. So don't let your kids bully their siblings, basically, which I thought was an interesting thing. Increase social opportunities of all kids, but especially victimized ones, which means if you're throwing a birthday party, invite all the kids in the class. And then it says your job as a parent is as a social engineer at these times. So like, that's pretty if, good. That's if a good you way then, of looking at that. yeah, if you then have a birthday party and one kid's being left out, then your job is to intervene and be like, include him. Enroll your child in classes or groups that develop a peer group, like let them join the chess club, let them join the whatever, you know, so they they develop a peer group around activities that they like. Shut off the TV. Much programming reinforces the idea that aggression is the only way to deal with conflicts. So. Sure. And then it says, always intervene. Do not expect kids to work at, work it out on their own. You Fucking hear that, Billy, Billy Blanks? Blanks. <laughs> uh, and then the last and most important thing that I read, it does say that you should make sure that your child has a grounding in self-confidence, but then it follows that up by saying, do not teach a kid to fight back. Fighting back is the worst defense. In most instances, victimized children really are weaker and smaller than the bully. Thus, their fears of losing the fight may be quite real. Besides, not all bullying takes the form of physical aggression. Counteraggression yeah. to any form of bullying actually increases the likelihood of continued victimization. So teaching a kid sure. karate so they can go throw high kicks in the faces of the girls that are bothering them is the worst strategy, according to psychologists. Yeah. I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, it's not going to be long before the Mumbleton sisters uh, <laughs> think to themselves, "Wait a second, she's like five. She's three feet tall. We There's can just two of us. Let's." Push her over, yeah, <laughs> and bounce her around, around like she deserves to be bounced around. Yeah, she she admitted Stir she, she we heard her. She admitted she, she did. Done. She's asking for it now. So yeah, 
this was, uh, it's fine. You got like two seconds to make a point here. They tried. It just, it, it was the sort of thing where the plot is happening. And while the plot's happening, the script is like, all right, but don't do this though. Well, you my know, thing is like, life. this is, they give actively harmful advice. Yeah, hundred percent. It, and I don't know that attitudes on whether you should teach kids to fight bullies have changed all that much since 1989. Like maybe they have. Maybe I this don't. is a very 2020 perspective that you shouldn't teach a kid to fight a bully, and you should intervene as a parent and be a social engineer. Maybe it is. Maybe in the 80s people were like toughens them up, let them. You know, maybe they'll get well, beat yeah, up. That was the, definitely. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But this is this is actively terrible advice. So in terms of what I show this to a kid now who's being bullied, no, I would oh, God, absolutely no. keep this episode of television away from that kid. I would barely show this to kids to teach them about who Billy Blanks was. Right. Well, the, if the point is that Billy Blanks, you want to have Billy Blanks on your show and he's a phenomenon and this is going to be great. And you also maybe want to get kids interested in karate, which is valid and awesome. Kids should take karate for other reasons. Then there are sure. a lot of ways to lead into the dojo dance scene that don't involve her being physically bullied by other yeah. girls at school. There could yeah, be a no, lot of right. things she needs more self-confidence for that aren't right. bullying. But again, I think this is just the way these episodes, all 200 seasons of this <laughs> show was written, was just, what are we doing? All right, that's it. We're done. Let's let's get these kids over to choreography so they can, you know, really wow us with their spastic dancing. And then that'll be that. I think that that's just the nature of this show. That being said... It's incredibly enjoyable how misguided the show is, and oh, uh, I feel like we should. I could have watched that karate sequence music dudes. video forever. I might just do that later on. Just watch it over and over again because it's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, there's a lot of episodes here, and they they do have that sort of like very quaint of its time simplicity to it. I watched a couple different episodes trying to figure out which one we should do. And then this one had Billy blanks and we were all done, but they all just have like, it's, it's the, it's the damnedest thing. They're not as complex as a very, as a very specific emotion. I'm scared of bullies fight back. Done. Uh, I won money. Now I'm conceited. Uh, money doesn't matter. The end. It's just, you're right. It's five songs, which takes up most of your time. And then you've got a second or two to make any kind of a, a valid point or, uh, talk about alien robots and stuff like that. If that's what you're doing. Yeah. Runaway princesses or whatever. So what, uh, if anything, did we learn from this episode of television? Leave this pause in. I want people to know that it's not not very clear. Um, What did we learn? I learned a lot about Billy Blanks. I learned a lot about the the song, um, the songs in this. I had to. I tell you, it was easy to do research on those, and honestly, that was more interesting than the rest of it. Don't give up. I guess I actually learned strategies for handling a bully because I really didn't know. That is one thing that, I mean, I didn't learn it from this episode. I learned it from the research, but I was like, what would I do if I were a parent and I had a kid that was being picked on a school? Like I, I remember being a child and dealing with that, but I don't have kids. So I don't know what I would say. What would you say? And then I looked it up and I was like, Oh, you would do the opposite of what this episode does is what you would do. It really says something about the specific kind of episode we're watching when number one, we can't answer what we learned right away. And then we have to be like, (laughs) and then it's mostly what we learned in spite of the episode. Right. (laughs) It turns out being like, I learned this despite the episode's best intentions, I did actually learn how to deal with bullies. Who would you hug? A little, little love, Hewitt. No, she's such a little tiny, she's bite-sized human. So tiny. And she's doing a good job as a, as a child actor, especially surrounded by the rest of these child actors. Who yeah, have she's definitely not success. the weakest link. Yeah, no. You, you hug and love, love Hewitt. Maybe you give uh, Fergie a little, like, bump on the shoulder and be like, hey, you're going to be really annoying, but brief. Uh, in my life, and Michael Scott's gonna love your song enough to put it as his ringtone. Um, no, so I, I but I, look, it, it, I can't say enough that despite the fact we didn't learn anything and had trouble, uh, even like we had to figure out strategies in spite of the episode, Kids Incorporated is definitely worth 
your time. It's worth watching just because yeah, we it's ridiculous nonsense. Yeah, we should stream it nonsense. somewhere. I wish so, too. I mean, it's really you, – the quality on the YouTube videos is not great. Because no. it's I, there was even a couple of them where it's like clearly somebody is he's from a camcorder recording <laughs> of episode. I'm like, all right, let's try a little harder than that. <laughs> but you know, it's definitely worth looking at. It's definitely a time capsule of like what the late '80s, early '90s were, what Disneyfication of that that time period was, and you know, like it was a a sister show to the Mickey Mouse Club, like you said, which had stars like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake on it. This gave us, yeah. you know, little little other kinds of stars as well. Um, and but surely it's just, it probably paved the way for things like Glee and Crazy Ex Girlfriend sure. and shows yeah. where people are just bursting into song, and it's partially performative like glee is the same setup where sometimes we're we're singing at glee club rehearsal and we're singing a song and then sometimes we're in the middle of an argument and we just burst into song and i'm trying to think if there was a a show before this that's used that musical formula and i don't i don't certainly know every show that's ever aired but i can't think of another one fame just had songs when they were actually singing i never watched fame but it sounds like yeah. That might have been it. Did you ever watch Fame? I never watched. I've seen the um, movie. I haven't seen I never watched the show. They, I know they'd break out into songs, but that might have also just been as part of the school. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember which shows had it and which don't. But, I mean, it's a popular enough trope that things like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and, and other shows, you know, parodied them to some extent. Um, just the, you know, it's Disney. It's a break into song when we're done talking and dance around and kids. And incorporations. Yes. I guess that's... I would hug Love Hewitt as well because she's just so tiny and she's being picked on. And I don't want her to... She'll clearly follow a strange man to any address he gives her, which is... Yeah, it's not great. She needs to be advised against that. Nobody deserves to be bounced around. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, All right. Well, thank you very much, folks, for joining us for this uh, very important episode about Kids Incorporated. Um, I'm sure you will be doing more uh, in the coming months and years Um, but again it's worth your time to check out alright well until next time folks uh, stay home and wash your hands bye thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning if you want to visit us online our website is huggingandlearning.com where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks subscribe to our podcast rate and review and tell your friends about us if you want to drop us a line you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com you can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks!